Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, guys, I am so excited not only to be back with you right now, but I've just had the most awesome, awesome, awesome morning. I got to win the little F3 Olympics this morning. That's right. I'm the champion, at least uh, at least voted on by AOL. So super cool start to the day. My running group uh, got after it today. And instead, we did uh, like endurance exercises of all different types. And um, endurance is a lot like uh, a, a mindset deal. So if you just make the decision that you're going to beat the next guy and endure no matter how much it hurts, uh, chances are you're going to place pretty well. So there's a guy named AOL that beat me in planks because after I'd won a number of events, I just didn't have the willpower to go past four minutes of planks when my goal was two minutes of planks. So anyway, enough about all that. There's my little mini victory lap. Let's, uh, Let's jump into it. So today we've got uh, a review. This one comes from Justin Dorf. So Justin, and it's so awesome. You joined the community the other day, started cranking out the podcasts and jumped in immediately and wrote a review. So thank you, Justin. So you titled it Perfect Podcast for Christian Dads, five stars. Dan does amazing interviews with really interesting guests. Just so happens we've got a very interesting guest today. So pretty cool. And they powerfully provide relevant content for being a spiritual leader of your family. So, Justin, thanks for the five-star review on Apple Podcast. I really appreciate it. And, guys, as you're listening, if you could throw us a review on Apple Podcast, helps a bunch. Tell your friends. Tell your buddies. Tell the people close around you because they're also raising kids close around you. And that'll help your family grow by having other people grow as well. So as you're accelerating, you can accelerate faster with more consistency if the guys and families around you and wives around your family are also accelerating and growing their relationship with Christ. So guys, build your people and your people will help build you. Invite them to check out the podcast. Invite them to check out the community. So enough about all that stuff. I'm super excited to have Chris wit here with us today he's got so much experience with running christian camps for families and kids and he's with the windshape foundation and with all that said chris welcome man i'm excited to have you with us thanks dan and congratulations sir that is uh, quite an accomplishment and you made me feel bad about myself this morning and how i spent it in a very lazy way so <laughs> congrats to you <laughs> i have a good feeling that you had a uh, a productive, meaningful morning. Yes, it was productive, but uh, I would not say as physically productive as yours. So, <laughs> so, so, guys, this listening on audio, I won't get this one up on YouTube forever. Uh, so, I'm not going to kid you that you can go check it out anytime soon. My background is always uh, St. Louis Cardinals Bush Stadium, but Chris's background is nature. Like, there's trees and everything back there. There's a deer that might be walking by them any minute. Mom. 
And so nature's a big, big thing for me. So he jumps on, he's like, dude, your background. I'm like, no, man, your background, like nature's fantastic. So I'm sure you've already had some prayer and obviously I can see you've already experienced nature. So that's great. That's right. Yeah. Right. My workout group, we're always outside. So every morning I get to experience nature. So that's a, a, a big, big, big plus. So why the heck are we talking so much about nature already at the beginning of this podcast? <laughs> We're making every guy, man, he's going to like take off early today and, and just go out and be in God's creation. I love it. Go, yeah. Yeah. Go fish, go hike, go run, do whatever you got to do. We were talking, you and I were talking earlier about how God speaks uh, a, a language in creation that nobody else can speak. And so if you don't get out into that, sometimes you miss half of what he wants, wants to say to you. So big believer in that. Why wouldn't I meet outside if I could? You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So how'd you get into your background, like with the camps and and, yeah. and nature and like this is a big part of who you are. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So my dad was a football coach. Uh my mom was educator. All everyone in my family are educators. So really at the core of us, we say that kids are the wit family business. And my wife, my my boys are 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 grown now and both going into, you know, my oldest is a um, last year in seminary, about to have his first child, and uh, he's going into Christian education. My youngest is uh, lives in Charleston now with his wife. He's going through law school, but he works in the area of creating safe spaces on in online communities uh, for kids. So, so kids are kind of at the center of all this more than nature, I would say. But my dad, being a football coach, we traveled all over the great state of Texas. I lived in every part of it, uh, but grew up mostly in the desert. So maybe my love of nature is just because the desert was so grueling uh, that I, when I encounter beautiful spaces, I, I kind of maybe I'm scarred in my childhood by this sprawling, ugly desert that I grew up in. But, you know, I didn't I I don't know that I was a camp guy ever. I never went to camp as a kid. But in college, um, someone came recruiting and brought me out to a place called Sky Ranch. I went to Texas A&M, Nagy. And uh, they brought me into a world where you can create a very special, unique culture. You know, if you're an old guy, you know what I mean when I say you can control the horizontal and the vertical, which is how you used to TVs worked, right? Mm -hmm. You can control and create this experience in the midst of God's creation. Like I said, Romans 120, you know, he speaks through that and it's a language only God knows. And so only he can speak it. And so when you get in the midst of that and you create special environments, powerful things happen. And I fell in love with that. And so I, I went to work in uh, college at Sky Ranch Christian Camps, wonderful camp in Texas. They have two camps in uh, Colorado and Oklahoma as well. I was there for 23 years and took kids on wilderness trips and horse pack trips and some of those beautiful places you can think of. I've, I've seen camping done in India and, you know, Bangalore, India and Kenya wow. and in, um, in Russia, uh, in St. Petersburg for special needs kids, um, in, in the Alps of France and in, uh, the deserts of California. Like it just can be done anywhere. And even though I gave the desert a hard time, I really love the desert. You know, it's beautiful. The sky is different there. The, the mesas, you know, cactus, like the terrain's different. And so again, God speaks through all of it. So I fell in love with that, the power of what it could do in a kid's life. Eventually learned the power of what it could do in a family's life. 
uh, came to appreciate the power of how I could utilize it in my own boy's life to take a child and stand them on a mountain to get the vista that you can only get standing on a mountain. It stirs something inside of a person and it speaks to majesty and, and human smallness and it helps kids to see you ain't it. You're not, the, it's not about you. There's something bigger going on here. To, to go to dark spaces, right? Certified dark spaces in the country where you don't have human light, like controlling everything and to be able to see the sky for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Your backyard ain't the thing. If you live in Dallas or Atlanta or even I'm here in Rome, Georgia, and there's still city lights, it, it taints it. But to see the sky in a certified dark space, on a mountain in Colorado, ooh, it just speaks to kids that they, they just can't deny there's something more going on here. To be in a place where you see an eagle, not in a zoo, but in its its soaring across its natural environment. If you get lucky enough to see one swoop and catch a fish, you know, to to catch a frog in its environment, all of those things, um, you, you get a chance to talk about intelligent design. To go to Yellowstone, right, and see the violence under the earth uh, that that we don't ever see, and and it speaks to the idea that yes, things may be beautiful in the world, but there's violence happening in creation. This there's power going on that we never realize is there, and it just gives us all, and especially our kids, a context with which to view the mundane things that happen in, in a daily. So. So nature is not just because it's good and we need to get them away from their screens. I think we preach that like too much that it's just screens are bad. Get them in nature. Get them in nature with intentionality. <laughs> like help them to understand what you need to understand what you're seeing. You know, you need to go into it with a spiritual mindset, pray about it and let God speak back to those things. Do some research when you go out in nature. Like if you take them to Yellowstone, be a dad that, man, we're getting on tangent here, aren't we? But I love it, Dan. Uh, you know, be the dad that studies all that stuff when you go ahead of time. So you can sit there and say, let me help you see what you're seeing here. Let me show you what, um, let me talk about this pine cone we just found here. You know what I learned before I got here? This pine cone, um, there's a type of pine cone that you'll find in a lot of places, but it is, it is sealed in wax, kind of. And there's, there's seeds inside of it and it just drops and nothing happens. But when there's a forest fire, this pine cone is designed that when the fire comes through and takes all these trees down, the heat pops that thing open and literally reseeds hmm. the ground beneath. It's being fertilized somewhat through the fire. And when the rains come, God has put in place a plan for disaster, a plan to clean the world, a plan to purge. And this pine cone, is that, is that not amazing? How can we ever deny there's an intelligent force behind the world we're in when i see this kind of thing be the dad that's found that one little nugget that in that moment can tell his kid that right and and you're dramatically walking around the woods looking for one of those pine cones you know maybe order one off the internet bring it with you drop it in the grass and pick it up hey look at this but yeah man i'm passionate about it it god just speaks in ways he just doesn't anywhere else so um big big believer in that so i learned that through camps my dad being a football coach, I learned a lot through football we could talk about as well. But my 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 parents never had the opportunity to take me many places. But in the summer, we uh, were poor coaches, right? Poor high school football coach families. And so what we did is we, we uh, had what I would call our timeshare RV. We 
all the coaches got together and bought this one RV. No way. <laughs> and then we shared maintenance and everybody took care of it and shared costs. And then everybody had weeks and weekends they could take it. And you so we have a timeshare RV. Timeshare RV, baby. That's how you do it in the, when you're a desert kid, football coach's son. And uh, it was junky rv too but we loved it and we took three weeks and they just took us to the west coast and we went grand canyon and we went you know my brother and my dad played tricks on me in the middle of the night to where they they made sounds outside in the woods and woke up the next morning they had made big footprints you know in the in the dirt but we went grand canyon we went saw the ocean you know those were my experiences with my mom and dad uh in that rv and that's the first place i think i started realizing probably how powerful nature was, but then camp helped me to understand the intentionality behind it. So yeah, I I love it, man. Um, Get outside this weekend. I know it's football, but you know, watch some football for sure. But right. Right. Yeah. So I love, love the, love a number of different things that you said Uh, for me, nature, whenever I'm off just a bit, whatever that means, it's like, I stop and I say, okay, where can I go experience some really, really cool nature wherever? You know, how quickly can I, can I go get underneath a tree? How quickly can I go find a babbling brook? How quickly can I get to the beach or the mountain? How can I, how can I get out somewhere? And as soon as I do, and I can even just think about like the background setting you're in, think about nature and I'm like, how amazing is it that the trees grow the way they do? The leaves fall, the, the rhythm of life, the pine cone story you just shared like that's amazing right somehow the pine tree knew that it needed to have a way to keep going and sustain itself because there's gonna be a forest fire right i think the pine tree figured this out before smoky bear showed up (laughs) i think the pine tree knew that it's like how in the heck did all this stuff come about the way that it did and the more you learn about how things work and how nature has brought itself about, you can't help but come to the conclusion that there was some intelligent design, something way more powerful than us humans. Oh, yeah. My, my wife and brother's wife and my, my brother, too, he's got a doctorate. He's a science guy. He's an education higher ed and teaches science. And my, his wife and my wife are both science teachers. And so they're the they're the they're amazing. Like we're never anywhere where they're not pointing out something a bug does that we didn't know and how it survives or something like you said, the way a tree works or this flower works or what this fungus is about. And what I've learned being around them. So what you watching documentaries, like nerd out on this stuff a little bit, because it's worshipful. If you think of it this way, because what I constantly have come to realize is that science does nothing. Science is not our enemy. Science is, for Christians, science is a, is a beautiful thing because all it really does is unpack the miraculous things that God does, the intricacies of how he works. You know, everything about it just reveals not that we're so smart, we get this, but like God is ingenious and creation is intentional and he is not a God of chaos. The world sometimes feels like chaos, but he definitely is a God of order because your point, a forest fire feels like chaos. A forest fire is a part of the plan. It is cleansing and there's a way to repopulate. It's all intentional. So I was just talking to a guy here in Missouri, owns a little bit of acreage, and he said, just randomly this last week, he said, oh, yeah, we haven't done a burn in a while. Or yeah. maybe this property hasn't had a burn ever. I was like, 
what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, well, in our, you know, our area, we got to burn so we can, you know, clear the bottom off and then we can get back to the regular soil. And he goes, and then he goes, the burn that I just recently did, it was so hot that it actually scarred the trees. And I'm like, like, tell me more about this. This fascinates me. And, you know, in the smaller town where he's at, he's like, well, this is just common knowledge. Like all of us know about, you know, burning the forest intentionally so you can, you know, better it and on, on, on. Is nature will do it for you eventually, or you can do it in a controlled way. I'm like, no way, this is nuts. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you and you don't have to be bare grills uh, as a dad to like, you know, or or be that guy that knows all those things to appreciate it. You just you just need to understand that it's there for you. Ask some questions and get out in it, and let let God do His thing through that. Again, you. So we moved to Georgia. My wife and I, we just want to be outdoors and then die. Like that's kind of our plan. We're going to die. Not soon, but uh, we're discovering all these new places. North, North Georgia is beautiful. Northeastern Georgia is beautiful. Like all this wonderful. There's a place called Cloudland Canyon just up the road. And you hike down in this canyon. There's these waterfalls. And we went there and camped right after there had been a snow and a freeze. So these waterfalls were just, and it only happens for a few days, but they're just frozen icicles everywhere. You know, it's like a, it's like being in some world that you would create for a movie set. And just, I know nothing about what's happening. Like I am not that my, my family are the science people. It didn't matter. Just sitting there in it speaks to you. Right. Just sitting just total, there. total side note. So the movie Ozark, or the uh, show Ozark, it's yeah. not a Christian show whatsoever. Right. <laughs> They filmed very, very little in Ozark, Missouri, and they filmed oh. a whole lot of it in northern Georgia. Like ninety-eight <laughs> percent of it was filmed in northern Georgia for some okay. reason. Yeah. Had something to do with you know the Actors Guild and all that type thing. But so when you're talking about picturesque and everything, if anybody's watched Ozark, it's actually northern Georgia is what you're seeing. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's amazing how much they film around here. Stranger Things was filmed here in Rome. Parts of it. Uh, they're, that old house in that last season is that it's here in town and um, they've filmed, I guess, Star Wars was filmed somewhat down in Atlanta and Lord of the Rings. Oh, that I, I think I'm, people are going to get mad at me. Remember the Titans? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the training camp part of that movie was filmed yeah. on our campus at Windshape. Get out of here. So when you come to Mount Berry and where uh, coach takes them and runs down through the woods, the cemetery, you can see right you can find the little stream where you see the foot splash and that was Get all out of here uh the the place where they went to camp and they had all those moments in the the chow hall that was all filmed at Barry college so you can see those buildings um and everything and all that was filmed right there at mount Barry. it's pretty cool wow so as you know i'll be down there soon yeah. at the fatherhood commission so i'm super excited about that now i've got even like cooler things that I get to experience because you knew a little bit more than I knew. And I get to now step in and find those spots and experience those type things, man. That is awesome. So let me share a quick nature story. You brought about uh, the mountains and the majesty and the extreme Uh darkness. So I got to go uh, to a dude ranch in Colorado a while back. A buddy of mine, Warren Pearson runs a a dude retreat uh, to help guys in their Christian walk and all that. Super, super cool. Uh, Bear Trap Ranch was the name of it. And uh, it's kind of right behind NORAD, right behind the super secret 
Air Force stuff and the mountain they've got all they got a big huge cave in it that they've carved out and all this stuff. But so we're back there and we climb up to the top of this mountain. We get on the top of this, you know, peak and you look out every direction and it's just like king of the world type thing. You look up in the air and it's stars everywhere, so bright. The moon is like right there where you feel like you can just grab it and touch mm. it. And you see the uh one morning we went out and saw the literal sunrise. Wow. We got all the way up to the top yeah. of this thing. I think we we're maybe eleven thousand feet, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. We look out on the the horizon, and mm. it's blacker than black. And then, beep, just yep. a little peak of light, and all of a sudden, over twenty, thirty minutes, it goes from complete darkness to complete light, and you see the evolution of that. And it was so so cool. And you think this happens every day. This isn't an isolated event. This happens every day. We just don't get to be on the top of a mountain every day. I remember I was in Austria in uh, uh, Garmisch. Uh, There's an old Olympic uh, ski slope there. And on the top of that mountain, and you looked around at all the other mountains, and we're like, we're on the King Mountain. There's all these mountains around us, but we're on the very top of the world, it felt like. And just an unbelievable, awe, awe-inspiring, powerful feeling that you know only these majestic places can like you truly feel. So if you're stuck in a spot where you've just been city, 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 city for such a long time, get out and experience some place where you can feel the power of nature. And then with your kids, oh my goodness, you're talking about the pine cone story, yeah. and your kids are like, hey, dad. Do you know about goats? Do you know what they can do? (laughs) And whatever it is that they tell you that they can do, you're like, they just pick this up at class. They just pick this up off a YouTube video. However impossible or incredible, or there's no way that's possibly true. You know, it's true because they just got it off some documentary or something. So kids love nature and they love those unusual facts and they love to know how things work. So Dads, when you're looking to lead, when you're looking to guide, when you're looking to uh, connect with your kids in a way where they want to be connected with, like nature really, really, really can can bridge that gap for you. And you don't have to know everything about everything, but it'd be great if you knew one or two things about something and be able to explain them like that documentary does to the kids that they'll just watch those videos over and over and over all day long. And you can be a part of that. You can share that with them so that they then go, dad, no way. You know so much stuff. No, I looked up two things. <laughs> right. You know, and I think, I think, you know, talking about that's what, that's why I'm passionate about family camps and retreats and bringing people out into that. Cause you're going to have leisure time. You're going to take vacations. You're going to do these things. So there's being in nature and then there's being intentional about being in nature and utilizing it to raise your kids. I, I've, in my career, I've been around, um, I've engaged with very successful men, you know, uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, professional athletes and, and coaches and lawyers and doctors. And, and then the guys are just doing the un, the, the jobs that don't get a lot of glory, but they're just doing it really well. And I was like, are you approaching your parenting of your child in this with the same vigor and intentionality and strategic thinking that you do your job and same work ethic. 
Are you doing SWOT analysis with your kids? You know, strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats. Are you thinking about strategically over the next few years? What are the psychological resolutions they need to be having? What are the the spiritual uh, experiences they need to have? The the theological points that they need to embed in their heart. And are you doing it that well? And then are you planning the year out accordingly? And when you go on vacation, are you just trying to unplug? As a dad, you can't afford that. Like you how you need to plug, you need rest, you need renewal, you need to take care of you and your wife and go on marriage retreats or just go off and have date nights. And you need to do those things. You need to take time for yourself and be with other men. But when you go on vacation, it's a powerful moment. You need to use it in the most intentional way that you can. And so the nature thing is a good example of why we do our camps not in the city, like we do them out there in it. But let me give you an example. So I learned a lot about working with um, families and dads from Robert Lewis and a guy named Russell Rainey. Robert Lewis wrote Raising a Modern Day Night and mm-hmm. just had respect for what he did there. I utilize a lot of that thinking in my, not only in my boy's life, but in the programs that I've created over the years. And they did this experience up in the Tetons. Um, they may still do that. But I remember being up there with a group of dads and their sons. So the Tetons, one of the most unique places in the world or in, in, in the world. Country. Yep. No doubt. And uh, we're up there every day and it's just very simple. You know, every day you, you, you get together and you have a conversation about what it, what does it mean to be a man? What's the character and nature of a man with other dads and their sons? But then you have an adventure. And, and at the end of the day, you have fun and they pass around this rubber chicken and it's just fun dude stuff. You eat good food and you process the day. You process it throughout the day trying to be strategic in the conversations, but mostly just have an adventure. So one day it might be rappelling uh, out of the Tetons, which is amazing. Wow. Another day it's fly fishing, but you've got outfitters there. So to my, to your point, you don't have to be the one knowing those things. Most of the dads there had never rappelled and never fly fished. I didn't know how to fly fish. Speaking you know, fly fish, like here's your, here's your rod. Here's your fly. Go do it. No, you can't no. just, Fly fish. These dudes, these dudes, Dan, they knew so much about like they knew what a trout was existentially, you know, and they would sit there and talk to us about how they like to, you know, where they go and how they like to feed and you know, what happens in the seasons. And, and they talked about the the stroke of the rod and why it's, you know, and you're just, and as a dad, I'm, I don't know any of this and I'm soaking it up and in this cool, you know, talking with the boys about what well, I didn't know that that's amazing. This is what I see. And they're going, you saw that. Yeah. I didn't think, Oh, I never thought about that. How, but we're having the experience together with an expert. It doesn't have to be me. It's another expert. Another day it's whitewater rafting, you know, uh, another day it's um, you can go bike riding, but every day your processing was being, be a man. But here's, here's the, another reason why these kinds of experiences are, they're immersive, right? They're also therapeutic. Because one thing Robert Lewis said, is that you, a child needs to see their per, their their parent's character played out in real time. They're watching and they need to see that displayed. And so you see that, they see that in the way you work. They see that in the way you talk about people at home. They see that in the way you go to church, but they also see it when you go on vacations and you're solving the problems that come with vacations. Uh, you're solving the stress that come with them. But then when you're in the experience themselves, they're seeing how you play. They're seeing how you rest. They're, they're, they need to experience stuff with you, and that's therapeutic. And so at the end of this event, 
at the beginning of this event, let me back up. There was a boy who would not get out of the car. He did not want to be there. He was mad. He was raging against the machine, mad at his dad, took an hour and a half to get him just to get out of the car. And they went through this week that I just described, having those moments, not always perfect, tense moments, all that, but rubber chicken laughing, learning about fly fishing. At the end of the week, they go to the top of this mountain and they take a lunch up there and the dads are prepared for this. The boys are prepared for this. And sitting on top of the, the boy, the dads are going to tell their boys their story, but they're instructed. You're not going to tell it the way you always do where you're the hero of it. Or just you're all the funny things. I did this and it was hilarious. Can you believe we did that? It's great. Tell them your story, the stories they've heard, but tell them how it changed you or shaped you. Talk about what you felt in those moments. And then this is a time where you can talk about where be vulnerable as a dad and say, you know, I want you to know that I've struggled with this and it's affected the way I parented you. And this might be a moment where you need to say, I'm sorry apologize for putting work first or just saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not perfect dad. I'm just really trying. I love you. Say those things. Right. And then you're going to sit there at lunch and the boys are told you can ask your dad any question you want. And he is going to promise to answer it truthfully. And the boys are given some instructions on how to do that. And so they sit and they have this lunch and I'll tell you, I'll never forget watching that boy and that dad come walking down the mountain, arm in arm, just like arm in arm, walking down a mountain, having come set up and remember top of a mountain perspective. There's something bigger here. The kid can't deny that. There's just a bigger thing. Dad being real and vulnerable at that moment, you know, after having given his kid this great week, being real and vulnerable, apologizing, it all worked together. And they walked down that moment, arm in arm, laughing, got in the car willingly together, went home and there was healing done. And I've seen that in our camps. I've seen that in other family camps. That kind of stuff happens when you go to the right spaces and you're intentional about them and you take your leisure as seriously as you take your work, you know what I mean? Now you, you can overdo it and like try to make every moment. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't be that dad. Like every moment and we're stopping at Bucky's. Let me give you some theological training about materialism. <laughs> don't be that guy, but you know, strategically that's what camps do. That's what family camps and retreats do for, for dads. That's so funny. I'm thinking of my one, actually both daughters, but one specifically. Dad, I got it. I got it. Like, let's just move yeah, on. Right. <laughs> you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? Exactly. Exactly. A little bit of wisdom and discernment along the way. Because, yeah, we can certainly overtrain and, and that type of thing. When I asked you earlier, before we started recording, we talked about the camps and, you know, what are the specific things, if you have anything and blah, blah. And you said, you know, it's about you know, the interaction, it's about the experience. It's about the uh, intentional leisure time. It's about what happens in between the planned activities. Yeah. I think, I think a good family camp looking for a good experience that, that a, a, a camp can provide you a retreat parent, child, or, or the whole family together. We do those. Lots of people do them. Some do them really well. And there's some great ones out there. I think a good one has lots of fun. It's just got to be fun because laughter relieves tensions that family walk in with, right? So it, it makes sure it don't read this as like there's, it's like this therapeutic thing all the time. Like part of the therapy is it's just fun. Another thing, like, I think, like watching a comedy movie. Yes. When you get into a really good comedy movie, you have yeah. fun. You laugh. Yeah. Laughter and smiles solve things, or not solve, but they help get you through some tough times. Yeah. And, and laughing at what they're laughing at, uh, you know, is, is important. I'll say that, like, don't 
judge the things that they're they think are funny try to find the humor in it with them I and mean, it's it's their language it's you know what i mean like we dads i think we trash too much but yeah laughing at stuff like having fun salt you know camps will have all those experiences i talked about um that are just fun leisurely recreational and, and you just need to laugh and and so here's the thing with moms is a difference in a mom who's always telling their son, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, or the daughter, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And then the mom in this environment getting down in the mud when they're trying to find a frog with them. So playing with them speaks to them. Like that's why camps work so well for kids, camps without parents, because they have these adults who play with them. And they go, this is different than most adults I know, because most adults I know are telling me to be quiet. And to stop playing and to stop being silly and to stop laughing, you know, and now when a parent gets in there and goes, let's just, you know what? Yes, we're going to have milkshakes. Some camps serve milkshakes. We're going to have milkshakes every night. Nice. You know, we don't do this forever, but it is. Yes, it's we're going to we're going to have we are going to stay up late and sleep outside and freeze and eat pizza. And it's fine. You know, we're going to take a break from things and camps do that for you. But I think they also show you how to have intentionality in that. Right. So one of the camps we did for fathers and daughters, I had all these godly women um, that I knew in my lives from our camps. We bring in these college age women. They're just, we scour the country and bring in the best of the best. Like the, the women you want your daughter to grow up to be and the men you want. Now your- that is so powerful. Those daughters, man, when they find a girl that's a, you know, few steps in front of them, a, yes. a teenager, a college girl, they look and they go, okay, what's this girl about? What's she got? How is she, who she is? What are they, doesn't matter good or bad. What are they into? Yeah. And I'm pretty interested in that. Like dad, you're pretty cool and all, but here's, yeah. here's somebody that's outside of my age group. That's, that's in front of me. I'm interested. They pay a lot of attention, you know, not only YouTube videos and all that, but in person. So that's really, really cool that you bring in college yeah. girls that are, that are living right. So. We, what camps can provide that you can't in almost anywhere else is we provide a culturally relevant role model. That's someone that is in between them and mom and dad. Yeah. That that is in their culture and their world, looks like them, thinks like them, talks like them, understands their vocabulary and their references and they're going, but there's still an adult who reinforces the things that mom and dad want for them. And we all had experience with our kids where we've told them this a million times, but someone else says it. And now it's gospel. And we go, what's wrong with that? Nothing. It's natural. <laughs> it's healthy. It's inevitable. Kids are going to find role models outside of us. So our job as parents is to throw them into great places where there's opportunities, Velcro, to connect with whoever it is. Don't force it on them. Throw them into places where they can find them. And camps do that. It's there's no more powerful moment in your life in the life of a child to have influence than when you're about 18 to 24, like you have legitimate, powerful influence. And so we put them in, in with you and they interact with you and they help the the kids to see their parents through the eyes of Christ. And they start to, they, they are there to reinforce like your mom and dad are amazing. Do you realize that they brought you here? And that they gave up their whole weekend, like, man, what an amazing thing they did for you to bring you here. They love you so much. Man, I love your dad. You love my dad. Yeah, he is hilarious. He is corny. He's not. No, he is so funny. And I, I just, I, I see the way he looks at you. And, and man, that's, that is something camps provide 
they see these people serving the families and let me get that for you. And y'all go on a date night during camp and we're just hanging out with your oh. kids. I just want to do that for you. Yeah. How about that? We um, just had a uh, 19th anniversary, me and my wife. Yeah. And this wasn't exactly a camp. However, some friends of ours invited us down to their condo where they've got, you know, how to do it, you know, how to get out on the boat. And you mentioned you've been down Branson, Missouri, Table Rock Lake. Yeah. area. Yeah. So we're down there and they didn't know this, but as we mentioned, you know, it's our anniversary while we're on this trip. And the dad says, hey, why don't you guys get out of here tonight? I'll take care of the kids why don't you guys just disappear for a few hours? And not only that, here's a restaurant we'd recommend. That's like, yes, the best place. And turns out it was like a nature type place, top of the rock. So it looks out over table rock Lake. It's like the highest point and nature and beauty. And there happened to be a chapel right next to it. So we got to walk over and tour this amazing chapel. And, but that takes some time. Like that is like the coolest little aspect We'll if take care of the a, kids and you guys can yeah. connect and grow week, together. Long family camp, a good one will have a date night in there, a time because you're, you're communicating to the kids. That's important. They're the center of the home. And it's good that they do this. You should support it and love it. And, and then we're going to have fun too. And you're leaving your kid with these role models we talked about. Yeah. So they'll also do this. A great family camp will say, hey, you got four kids. You got one who's kind of in that adolescent phase. Why don't you let us take these three and you go do something special with that one? And there's something you can go do with just that one. And they'll give you time to focus in individually on the child that you need. Because sometimes you need the whole dynamic and sometimes you need the individual. And for instance, of that is, so we took these, so trying to help those college students, these godly men and women that we scoured the country for and let them speak back to parents about, I've, I've been asking these men and women for 30 years now, one question when I meet an amazing one. What are the three things your parents did or did not do that made all the difference in who you became? And you got to have three. And it can be the thing they didn't do because it impacted you in a way you've had to overcome, or it can be the thing they did that you really look back on. And, and I'll tell you, the answers are so different. There's no one formula in raising a child. There are principles though, and they'll reveal that. So we'll have our counselors share that with their parents, with the parents. Here's what my parents did. And that's a powerful thing. And so one of the ways we did that real formally was we took all these girls and we said, okay, tell us what it is that your dad said to you or didn't say to you that you needed to hear over the course of your life that really made all the difference. We took all that information. We gave it to our dads ahead of time. So, okay, this is what the kind of women that you want your daughter to grow up to be have said they needed to hear from their dad. Now you take that and think about it. And in your own words, you don't need to be poets. Write a letter saying those things in your own words to her. Pick the one and say those things back. And then what you're going to do in the experience is you're going to take them on a what we're calling a walk to remember. Somewhere during the day, take them on a walk. You're on a walk to the blob. You're on the walk to the barn dance. You're, you're going to start your day off. I want to go on a walk with you. Walk with them, ask them these questions. Let them talk about their life and what they love. And then say, hey, I have something I want to say to you. And you sit down and you pull out that letter and you're going to read it back to her. The other thing we're doing is with the girls, we're teaching them when we separate the dads and we're talking about them and, and we're saying to the girls, hey, understand this about dads. We don't always know how to say, they don't always know how to say what they want to say to you. 
they feel it, they think it, they see you, but guys aren't always equipped to do that. And so they're just like thinking, oh man, I love her so much. And she's just beautiful and awesome. And they want to say that to you. And it comes out something like, Hey, you want to get a hamburger? You know, <laughs> just know that when your dad does that, you know, Hey, you want to go fishing? And like, you don't want to fish, but like your dad just like, that's communicating all these things you want to hear from. So we're prepping them for that. So when they go on this walk and dad reads that, it's this truly huge moment. And I'll tell you something, that is a marker moment in the life of both that daughter and that father, every one of them who's ever gone through it. Even the ones who wrote the, the most awkward, clumsy letters ever, the attempt at it was powerful. And you see how it all works together, walking in nature, counselors interacting intentionally with your kids, the camp creating a moment for you and equipping you for it. Great family camps do those kinds of things for you. It's why I'm so passionate about it. It's why I'm going to give, you know, Kim and I don't look to like retire. We want to fight all the way to, to the end. Yeah. And I want to fight in this arena and create those experiences for. Do you know uh, Blake Brewer? Blake Brewer? He wrote, he, he, he helps men write letters and he also helps moms now write letters to their kids, legacy no, letters. I love that. No, I got to check him out. Yeah. So hearing what those letters you're writing in camp, I'm like, man, that's legacy letters. Like that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Blake is, Blake is phenomenal. He's coming up here to St. Louis in a while doing some speaking events and things like that. But, uh, super good guy is out of Oklahoma. That's the kind of, that's the kind of resource I want to equip moms and dads with. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So he's an expert at it. So his, the short version, his whole family went to Hawaii and his dad drowned while he was snorkeling with him. Hours later, mom, his mom was like, Hey, dad's been writing this letter for a few months for you. I don't know what it says, but now seems like the time I should give it to you. And he said, from there, his mind went from spinning to ultimate clarity because he knew what his dad thought about him, believed about him, what his future beliefs were for his son, and just knew, you know, and in there, maybe a little bit of forgiveness, you know, hey, I made yeah. some things up. Here's something I did. Here's something I, so all the stuff you're talking about, it's like, yes, absolutely. Kids thrive on that. You darn near brought me to tears when you talked about how the boys are instructed they can ask dad any question they want. Dad's going to answer it. Not Honestly. that dads don't answer it, but we often don't have the space for it or the environment for it or the uh, person that helps facilitate yeah. to set it up in a way where the boy is willing to ask, has the courage to ask because they don't know how the dad's going to react. But anyway, like that, oh my gosh, like I'm ready to pull the kids out of school next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go. I know you're not selling your camp specifically, just the oh. the overall idea and everything. But if there's a camp next week, I'm ready to sign up and uh, give you a blank check. And the experience you talk about, whitewater rafting, fly fishing, rappelling, all that stuff. I'm like, I don't know, 10 grand, 20 grand for a family of four. I've checked your camps out and I know they don't cost that much, but can you speak to like how much some of this stuff costs? Yeah, man, when you, it depends on where you go. But if you think about uh, the trip. To, so I'm new to Georgia. So Disney's just down the road and everybody does the Disney thing. I took yeah. to Disney. You think about the money you spend on that and you're going to go to Disney and you, they're going to be amazed at what man can do. But if you go to, you spend less than that, half that, you're going to go to a week of family camp um, and you're going to be amazed at what God can do. And they're going to see nature and let him speak through that. So, yeah, I mean, you can find, I'm for family camps, right? So any kind of family camp, you can find a family weekend somewhere for probably $300, $500 for the whole weekend. 
you can find them for fifteen hundred dollars a week. You can that's find unbelievable. Them. That's incredible. You can find you can find it for anywhere in between that. Um, you can find them week long experiences that are going to be for a whole week. It's all inclusive, right? So it's like your lodging. So think about all that. Your lodging's taken care of. Nice cabins, nice spaces. Um, you're going to have all your meals cooked for you. And good family camps have good food. So you're going to have good food. Um, you're going to, you don't have to do any of that stuff. They're going to clean the cabin and take care of all that. Your activities are all right there. Some, some places may have like camps where you can go off on an excursion for the day, you know, and go do the, and you might have to pay for that, but mm-hmm. you're going to have ropes courses and places to fish and activities plan and those counselors, you never have to leave the place. And you can do all that for um, anywhere from $5,000 for a week like that to probably um, $1,500. You can probably do all that for a week, depending on where you go and everything in between. So it's about you figuring out the space that's right for you. How far away do you want to go? You know, we, you know, the camps we do right now, um, we only do short-term camps. So they're about three-day camps right now. We're going to be building you know, so tip of the hat here, their tip of the cards here, we're going to build some amazing space in the future um, to do these things. And then we have weekends here in Rome, Georgia at our Mount Berry property that we do. So when I went to Bear Trap Ranch, I got to spend three and a half days. We're up in the mountains, Colorado, Colorado Springs area, and we didn't get cell service at all. Yeah. So by by intention, by design, uh, the guy's like, just turn your cell phone off and don't even worry about it. For those that want to try, uh, you know, you got to climb uh, 2,000 feet to get to the top of that mountain way over there to get cell service. So if you really want to get it, uh, and that's a, a heck of a hike to get cell service when it's better not to have it. But anyway, we get out of three and a half days. We get down to the airport and I'm like, I'm going to turn my cell phone on. 45 minutes later, it stopped downloading stuff. So it was notification after notification after Uh notification and had that been regular life. Yeah. That's how many notifications you'd get over three and a half days. Just so that's the, the bombardment of Mm. people, the world advertising, all that stuff just coming at us. So when you can get to a camp like this, you can one, give yourself permission to get away from all that, but two, the nature and the experience and having people feed you, serve you, clean, take care of everything. You can get away from the everyday life side of things and get into this, you know, miraculous type environment where you're just separated from the world and all the responsibilities you have to do. And you can just dive into nature, dive into your family, dive into getting to know your wife at a deeper level and connect and, and just, you know, get to know God at a, at a, more deeper, more intimate type way. There was a a spot when I was in Colorado. It was about the very end of this dang retreat. And there was this guy that was going through a whole bunch of conflict and was trying to change his life. And was just super frustrated about a bunch of things. And for whatever reason, me and him got connected pretty well. And I decided I'm going to hike off through the woods and go find like the most unbelievable place in the world. And I was determined to find it. And I step into the woods, maybe 200 feet. And I found this unbelievable area. And I was like, I only went 200 feet, God. We've got two hours to step into like the, whatever we want to get into. And I only went 200 feet into my journey. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted to 
adventure somewhere and get somewhere. So anyway, I'm like, forget this place. I'm going to go find another place. And so I go off and find some other place. I'm like, oh, this place is good and this is cool. However, um, this isn't as good as that first place that I saw that was, you know, just off the path. Yeah. So I go back to that spot. In the meantime, I see this guy. He happens to be wandering back. And I'm like, hey, get over here. I go, I got to show you this place. Take him to this spot. And he's like, wow, this is amazing. This babbling brook comes around a, a bend and about 270 degrees is surrounding this babbling brook. And just off to the side, there's this little man-made pond that they use to get the water out for the camp. So you're getting natural spring water served to you at the camp and the coffee mm. was made that way and just super cool. And the guy's like, wow, this has been just off the path for three and a half days and we haven't discovered this. Like, hey. And then there's these dang pine trees. You're talking about the pine cones yeah. and in the forest the pine trees have to grow super tall so they can get light yeah and they're super skinny too yeah these things don't go way out and i look up and i catch the sun through these trees and it's warm and glowing and i'm like wow that just feels like god's love coming down i'm like amazing mm. and i'm like hey check this out and he's going through all this stuff where he's like real grounded and and real into Thing, heavy pressure and all this stuff on him and i said hey what do you see he's like i don't know the, the stream and the pond and the thing uh, what else and he's like well there's those trees i'm like what do you think about those trees he's like they're pretty skinny oh uh, yeah what else he goes well they're pretty tall i'm like can you see the top and thinks he goes yeah i can i'm like what's what's above that he's like well the sky and the sun I'm like how's the sun he's like oh it's warm and uh, he's like this place is just like heaven like this is yeah. a place i'm like i'm like should we get a picture of this so we go to take a picture of it and in his phone for whatever reason a distortion happened and the sun rays were coming down out of the sun where you could actually capture them and in the bottom left hand corner i don't know why this was but the apple iphone he had distorted and had a artificial arrow pointing up snapped a picture of it and it captured that artificial arrow it technology did it it wasn't there mm -hmm. like holy cow that is pointing up at the sun at the top of these trees and if we look at these trees the skinny tall trees there's these little the branches coming down are arrows pointing up oh wow and jared's like huh that's it huh we can keep our eyes down on the ground down on the ground and see all this amazing stuff or be stuck grounded in, by the dreariness of life and let stuff pile on us. And what we need to do from time to time is stop, chill out. Even though I wanted to go 45 minutes away to find the most amazing place and God wanted me to go 45 seconds away to find the most amazing place. Sometimes we just got to stop, pause, and look up. And he's, we captured all that and he goes, this was so amazing. I'm like, I can't believe this incredible, miraculous thing just happened. And we got to experience this together. And that's something that just wouldn't have happened in regular everyday life. And it happened at the end of this three and a half day trip. We're all about ready to get on a truck and figure out how the heck to get out of the mountains, which is some craziness. But like him and I were just astonished at 
the pure beauty in nature and like literally feeling like God was talking to us in that moment. That's good dadding right there, man. That, that's that's good. Dad, the question asking and all that kind of stuff. That's that's a, a, a skill every parent needs to just uh, in, in, to, to emulate. And what if and what if you scheduled that into your year? Like just you schedule that into your weekly rhythms, like what? And it didn't, you're right. You don't have to go off terribly far. I love the concept of like, that was just off the path. Like what are the spaces around you? And it doesn't even have to always be nature. Like it's just the intentionality of going somewhere intentionally, you know, and being open to and, and not ha- that phone thing. I'm going to tell that story a million times. Cause that's, that's so good. Cause if it was on this thing, just would it, you, you did, that's where your attention would have been. Yeah. If you intentionally scheduled rhythms of no phone, go to spaces, see what God does. Sometimes it may just be, you know, dads do, there's a lot of dads doing donuts right now. And every Saturday they do donuts in the morning. Yeah, right, right. Great. That's good. 90% of the time it's going to be donuts and talking Pokemon or whatever your kids are into and football or whatever. But every once in a while, man, there'll be a moment there because you just schedule that in. So what if we we had our strategic plan for our year, had we religiously protected those kinds of spaces for us and our kids? Be powerful. See so what you're about do- donuts with dads. There's a there's one that you can yeah, use on Sundays. Yeah. At my church, I figure out what the readings are going to be. I may listen to a sermon from somebody about the passages we're going to read. Yeah, And then, of course, they talk about it, whatever the pastor, the leader of the service is going to talk about. And then we go to lunch, whether it's at home or at a restaurant. And I've already got ideas of where I want to take the conversation prior to us being at lunch. And then I reward my daughters if they can answer the question, whatever question is that I ask, I give them a dollar, small thing. But they're like, I want my dollar, dad. You haven't asked us a question yet. and during the service like what's the question going to be and i'm like well it might be around this section you might want to pay attention to this section right here right you know and all that but it's setting the stage for conversations and maybe they don't want to talk about the church service yeah in general yeah if you can get specific about something and uh, start building that into the routine they start asking you questions i had a mentor that um taught me this and I really annoyed my kids with it, but the girl, they're grown men now. And they'll tell you it, it was a big, it's when I asked the question, what made the difference? They'll say the mentality we're describing, they saw there. And one of the ways was um, my mentors, like I, I don't limit screen time. I manage screen time and I engage in screen time with them. So we, when we watch TV or we watch movies together or we watch YouTube videos or whatever we're doing, I'm, I do it with them and it's stuff I'm not interested in. I watch a lot of things. I thought we're not great, but I do it with them and I try to see what's funny to them. So part of I'm learning about who they are. I'm studying it. Like I study my business. Right. But then I'm figuring out from that, what questions I need to be asking, where the gaps are. And then I stop the shows a lot in the middle of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dad, come on. Hold on a second. I just, just, what just happened right there? Like, what are you thinking about that? What is that? How that make you feel? And then listen without judgment. Don't go, well, you shouldn't think that way. You should think this way. But more of like, that's interesting. You know, what I thought was this. I'm like, okay, let's move on. And he'd go back to the movie. So he would stop and not take long periods of time, but he would do that. And not every time, periodically. So I did that with my boys. And, and after every movie we ever watched, 
you know that thing where you're walking out of the theater and movies are a big thing for us too like we're story families we're movies my my oldest my youngest is a cinephile like he he nerds out about it but walking out of the movie like do you like it yeah it's great no i'm stupid that was dumb i hate that actor that actress whatever popcorn was good you move on our conversations oh and they drove him crazy like okay but who who did you most in that movie like identify with and why you know i remember we watched diary of a wimpy kid i hated that movie <laughs> and I, they all the characters all of them even the heroes just made me mad they'll tell you about it this day because i came out of going man I didn't, I, I didn't say any of them were bad. It's just like these people frustrated me so much because I see this happening in other kids' lives. I see it happening in your friend's life. By the way, one of the things I tell every parent, if you want to disciple your child, make the habit of discipling the kids around them. Yes. And I, I know you've had this before. So, But in that, I, I can because I know their kids. I go, I see this happening in your school. I'm involved in your school. I, it happened in my life. And these people... So anyway, it's that conversation afterwards. Let's just really process it, you know, smile about it. Don't make them feel bad about it, but let's just talk about life. And I tell parents to ignore the expressions on their faces, you know, because something is happening internally in this. They will roll their eyes, but just ignore that. Um, stay the course and have the conversations you need to have and be confident in that because I promise you it pays off in the end. It always pays off. So when you say discipling the kids around them, have you got yeah. a, a story or something that you've done in that way? Uh, big or small, doesn't really matter, but I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I can tell you um, with my youngest, he, he's very athletic. He was very into you know all sports and stuff. He had a lot of friends. And so we, we did what a lot of parents do. And I heard this. I heard kids who said their parents made a difference say, this is not a principle, but it's a, a best practice. Make your home the space if you can, or yeah. make, if you don't have a great home, make yourselves the space. So we brought those boys over and we were engaged in coaching their teams. If we could, we were engaged in their classes, all the program stuff, but we just had our home over. So my son hosted a, a fantasy football draft every year, and then he would do a fantasy pre-draft. So some years it was draft the your own justice league and he had all the categories. Well, some years draft the world's greatest meal and you had categories of food. And then we would do fantasy football. But those conversations I had with those boys in my home, like I didn't hang out with my son during those. He ran them. And I was sitting with those boys and I knew them growing up and we would talk about life. And I would I always knew when they would show me an inappropriate YouTube video that I was winning because they trusted yeah. me to be who they were. And they knew, you know, who I was, but they would, they weren't like hiding the phones when I came in. I'm like, what are you watching? I'd watch it. And we we'd talk about it. And so as those boys went up over years, they saw my character and my wife's character and how we worked with the boys, but how we loved them and how I loved on their dads. That's important too. Like I loved on, there was one guy whose dad really was struggling. He had a problem with well, case they ever listen. I'll just keep it at, he had a real, some real struggles going on. And in that moment, I, they reached out to me because of how I treated their son and their dad. And, and we walked through with them. The boy saw that. Now I'm giving you the short version here. At some point in this boy's life, he walked away from his faith and he went down a road where he just, in the midst of all that, just, I kept loving him. We kept having him in our home. 
We walked with them. We had con- the dialogue never stopped. And if you're talking, you have a chance always, right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward, they all go to college, they pursue their paths. And in college, some of the others start falling apart because that's what happened in college. You get this cognitive dissonance between what you've been taught yes. and seeing as an adult. And some of these other boys started falling apart who'd been doing great. That boy in that moment came back and he became the one who started leading the discipleship conversation with some of these who'd been leading it before with my son. And with him, and and I was somewhat a part of that. So that's kind of what I mean. Like, it's a long game. It's a marathon. And it's just being present and walking them through that and discipling them and their families and not making your home a home. I think, let's see, a lot of parents trying to create protective walls. And then they get out of it and they don't know what to do. Yes. Invite the world into your home. You want to have those conversations. Because when that boy was walking away from his faith, I was having conversations with the other boys and my son about how to respond to that. Right. And instead of them following his lead, they were dealing with it. That's what I'm talking about is discipling the kids around. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So ways to do that. Um, there's so many different ways, different ideas, different thoughts, but once you start looking for them, like as soon as you brought up, I'm like, what do you got? What's what's your experience been like this? Because um, it doesn't have to be like Scott Beebe came on a while back on the podcast and he's like, yeah. I don't know. I saw a need and looked around, didn't see a solution. So I decided I was going to start man camp at my house. Yeah, they, that's exactly it. Exactly. I'm like, what'd you do at man camp? He's like, I don't know. Anything with a timer. He's like, you bring teenage boys together, and if you stick a timer up, you can time anything, and they're into it. They want to compete. They want to see how much. He goes, one time we just spit on a window and saw how high we could, you know. Spit. Yep. Hey. And, and they they competed, and they had fun, and then I got to speak into them about something, whatever that was. Sometimes I had a topic. Sometimes I didn't, you know, got the end of my work day, and I realized I hadn't prepared the best. Well, I just pulled a stopwatch out that night, and. That's right. Did a, did a competition about something. He goes, but okay. the boys just love coming over no matter what we did because we, you know, created that space for them and uh, they, they really, really wanted to come. And with that, the group that they had and they grew and then they wanted to invite more boys over. And he goes, my house turned into that house for that group of boys as they got older. When I, when our boys were little, I, that's, we started adventure club with a group. I started, we got a group of dads. Like, let's start adventure club. What's adventure club? I don't know. We're going to get together once a month, have an adventure. And then that, that evolved into, we all, several of us had been scouts and scouts really on paper is a great way to raise a boy. It presents challenge and achievement and has men speaking into how they're progressing. And, you know, that's a lot of stuff Robert Lewis talks about. And so we're like, all right, let's, let's put some, they like to achieve things. So we created this milestone thing. We had these stones they could collect as they, and it, it, our adventures became, there was one adventure every year that we went on a camping trip, stupid things during the year, right? Talking to them about character and life, what they're pursuing, but we gave them some things. We said, this is what, we're the circle of men and your boys, you're working your way to step into the circle of men with us someday. And so we're going to do this stuff together and talk about manhood. And you're going to do things that help you progress. And as you do, you earn milestones at the final thing. We have a moment circle of men where we stand at a fire and you're over here and we're Mm. over here. You're not there yet, but you're on your way, but we are going to speak to you today as your fathers and tell you what we see in you. And if you've earned this next milestone, which is like a, that was a special award, then we'll give it to you. If you haven't, we won't. 
Now they all got it, but the, each dad spoke to his son said, this is what I've seen in you. This is where you've done this and this and this. Yes, you've earned these things, but I see this. I see you're, you are on the path of becoming a man and you've earned this next stone. And each, and the boys just sit there and wait for it. Right. And so it's a, it's a, it's a bright of passage moment. And that just exactly what you're, what uh, BB did. It's like, what I do? I don't know. Let's get them together and start letting it become something. Let's be intentional. Let's do what they like to do. Let's talk about being men and figure out how to make the most of that time. So I got to be a softball coach recently. Yeah. No training in it whatsoever. And oh my gosh, I'm the coach like starting <laughs> right now. Yeah. And you know, it's like you grab the YouTube videos. You yes. Yes. All your buddies that have been there before. Hey, what's softball coaching? Like, I don't know. I was a baseball player. However, this was the transition into coaching and here's maybe some drills that might work good for you. And Hey, by the way, if you ever want me to come to a practice, I'll come to the practice. You know, yeah. like, yeah. wow. I can be a softball coach. I've got everything around me that I needed to be where yesterday there was no chance that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to be yeah. an expert at it, especially when they're oh. young. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly don't. You certainly don't. So guys do not be afraid. I've heard that somewhere before. Do not be afraid. Yeah, absolutely. 365 times. Do not be afraid or be not anxious. Mm. Commanded. Don't be afraid. Go for it. Go for it. So have you got any parting thoughts, anything you want to share with the guys? Man, I think we've said a lot today. Um, I think at the end of the day, what we just hit on is probably the best. I'll reiterate what I said. Take how you pursue life outside of your home. Take your home with the same kind of passion and zeal and intentionality. If you're not doing that outside of your home, that's another problem to deal with. But like, understand you get so many minutes and everything you do in that home, boy or girl adds to, or takes away from the message you want to communicate to them. Every moment of every day, they're watching, they're paying attention and that's okay. Um, that's our calling. That's your mission. There's nothing more important in your life. And so your minutes are, are gold. And so be intentional and don't, to your point, don't be afraid. Just try something. Fail at it. Men are so afraid of failure. Stop it. You know, yes, you're a failure. Yes, you've done dumb things. I, I can tell you my whole life story of dumb things I've done. We're all idiots. And any guy's presenting himself differently, it's just a pretty face on the idiot that's underneath. So calm down and just try stuff, right? Just try to be intentional. And in that, I would say from my perspective specifically is that means leisure time too. I think I think parents throw away their vacation so much. Don't throw away your vacation. Don't throw away your weekend. Don't throw away the little bit of time you give to a child. When they say, will you play with me? Yes. We're, I worked. I made a commitment myself when my first baby was born. I will always say yes to that question. Now, I might only do it for two minutes because my back hurts. I'm going to do it for five <laughs> minutes, but I'm going to always say yes and do it. And I think if you live that way intentionally, make the most of that, get over the fear and, and, and manage your leisure time the way you manage your life, your business, I, I think God will just do crazy things through that. So we'd love to have you at Windshape. We'd love to send your kids to our camps. We're all over the country, uh, literally with our day camps, literally from California to Virginia. We've got overnight camps. We've got our family camps here in Georgia. 
and you know we're doing camps in costa rica and brazil if you happen to be listening down there you know um I'd love to be a part of it, but we have marriage conferences as well. We do marriage intensives and we're, we can help you save your marriage. Um, if you've got a team, we can true it. Kathy blessed us with the, that man's generosity is a lesson for all of us. He, God gave him a gift of making money through chicken and he gave <laughs> that money first to those around him, the people that doing it with him. And then he gave it to the world around him. And out of that has birthed our ministries. And so we're trying to, live that way. And he's given us the ability to do a lot of things. We lose money on everything we do. We're not trying to make money on anything. True. We have to bring in some fees to be good stewards, but we're here to do this for you. So take a look at us. We'd love to have you and serve you. And if we're not the right place, I'm passionate about all this. I know a lot of great places you can go. So I think that's awesome. Well, well, I'm so glad you, you mentioned it because I was going to say, if you didn't, uh, us guys, we're all super, super simple. We like the idea. We like the concept. It's like, where's the easy button? How do we find information and sign up for Windshape Camps? Yeah, windshape.org. You go to windshape.org, pop on there. It'll tell you everything you need to do about each ministry I just mentioned. Um, and if you are you can't find something that's near you, uh, Christian Camp uh, C3CA, CCCA, Christian Camp and Conference Association. You literally can go onto that website and plug in family experience, family camp, and they can show you what's around you. That's awesome. And so, and that's the frustrating thing. You're like, oh, great. I love the concept. And then you go trying to find it and you're having a hard time. So thank you for giving us the easy button so we can just plug right into the concept and say, hey, wife, what do you think? And can we schedule this and go versus yeah. forgetting about this? later another, on down the road another easy button is listen to this podcast and do what you hear there we go there we go so can you throw a challenge out for the guys we always like to finish up with a challenge something they can execute from week to week might be something simple and easy might be a little bit more challenging but if they could do something in the next seven days what kind of challenge could you throw out to the guys listening I, i'm gonna go with this i'm gonna i'm gonna you know most of paul's ministry was letter writing so to get back to what we talked about earlier, I would say in the next seven days, sit down, let the Lord speak to you. Don't worry about your words. You do not need to be a poet. And you write down the things that you think they need to hear. You tell them exactly what you think about them. Do not avoid talking about their athletic feats. They know if they're fast or slow or strong or weak. Talk about their character and what you see inside underneath them. Don't try to encourage them in a way for them to be what you want them to be. Encourage specifically what you actually see. Like for my oldest, it was, um, he's an organizer and he's a risk management guy. He, he, his, he sees the 10 things in the room that can kill you before they're going to kill you. It makes a plan. That's not fear if it's managed well. That's wisdom. So speak to your, your child to say the things that they need to hear. If there's something your father never said to you that wounded you, say that to your child. Write it down in a letter and then find a space to go for a walk or go somewhere and sit down and say, I just ask them how they're doing. Where's your heart? How are you doing? Well, I want to tell you a few things and I wrote it down and read it to them. I, I think that'd be my challenge. Paul did it. It changed the world. Um, I've just seen it work. So yeah, write a letter, find the time and read it to them. How about that? That's fantastic. And guys, you're like, oh no, this letter has got to be blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. 
It's just what it is. Can you write another one later? You can. Like yeah. this isn't the one and done. Like you don't have to make this, you know, the the best letter of all time. It can be whatever your feelings are when you especially when you get that if you paper. go especially if you go somewhere and do it that's something you know is fun to them, not you, but fun to them. And at the end of that, read this letter to them. Yeah, absolutely. So Ryan Roy with FBI Dads, he designs these little things before school. And he's like, it's funny. People ask me why they're so successful. He says, I design it for the kids. Yeah. And the dads like it. I don't design it for the dads. And then the kids get turned off by it. There you go. The whole design is for that. So guys, step into your kids' world and do the things that they like, experience the things that they like. So yeah, I love, love that idea of not only the letter, but also the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to go do some Whitewater Rapids with you. Looking forward to <laughs> next week. If, it, if we can get that on the calendar, like <laughs> you describing these camps, it just sounds incredible. And then to have somebody serving you the whole time and the price is very affordable. Like, so cool that you do this. There's good ones all over the country, man. Go find you one. I love it. Well, sounds great. Well, thank you again for your time. And guys, share this one with your friends and uh, hope you listen again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it with you guys. Part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself accountable to God and Jesus. Hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. Hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others, join us inside of the journey of a Christian dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others, have your buddies join, have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, thanks for blessing all of us and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.